0: Welcome to See the World Differently. Come explore and discover the world around you. Hello everyone and thanks so much for joining us for another edition of See the World Differently with Oceanscape Yachts. I'm your host Rebecca Taylor and I just wanted to thank you so much for making a little bit of time for us every month uh, when we put our little podcast together and share some industry news and interviews with you all. If you haven't done so already, uh, I would love if you went over to Google Play or iTunes, wherever you get your podcast from, and make sure you subscribe to us. You'll get uh, first-hand notifications when we have a new post ready for you guys. Uh, We get to know who's following us and uh, that people are out there who are listening and care. And shoot us a review. We love to read the reviews. Um, We love hearing from you, whether it's on social media. Or our email, whatever it is. Um, And of course, if you review the podcast, we'll also hear from you there. So we'd love to see that from you guys. And today's episode, I'm joined by Gemma Christian. You may know her as The Yacht Stew on Instagram, Facebook, and her blog, theyachtstew.com. Gemma is a chief stew in the industry. She's heading into her eighth year. She's incredibly knowledgeable, very experienced, but also um just such an includer. She wants everyone to feel out there like they have a voice and that they have friends and people that care for them and look out for them and that was her real purpose in um creating the Outstew. And I think it's just blown up for her and it's it's just such a pleasure that she could join us on the show. She's incredibly busy right now and she made a little bit of time for us um in the uk and we're over in canada so the joys of technology today um Gemma, we thank you so much and if you haven't had the chance yet um she's going to mention it of course she'll mention a lot of things in the uh podcast but um you really should check out her uh website theyachtstu.com and her instagram she shares a lot of details on there not only if you're a yacht too, but travel pictures and advice and tips and just a little bit of a window into um what it's like working on board luxury yachts um, But with that, she also wants to foster good relationships and um, sort of a community. And that can kind of be lacking when you're on board yachts uh, spread all over the globe, away from friends and family. So um, we absolutely love that Gemma joined us today. And I hope you enjoy this podcast as well. Thanks. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, Gemma, on the podcast today. I'm so excited to have you here. I know you're incredibly busy. Um, I'm sure you'll fill us in on a little bit of that. And you're also really open and transparent on your Instagram. So if anyone doesn't follow Gemma yet, at The Yachts Do, you really need to do it. Um, And I was hoping, Gemma, with a little bit of background on yourself, you could also explain to our listeners why you started the yachts? stew. I mean, I think to some of us, there's an obvious gap in certain places. And I think maybe you felt the call to fill that a little bit. But um, yeah, just a little bit of background on your time in the industry and what made you create this um, Instagram account and blog and that it just has like spiraled into this amazing account that everyone looks to for advice.
1: Well, thank you. That's very kind. Mm-hmm. Um, and thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Um so I started in yachting um 2011 which seems like yonks ago now I can't believe how quickly time has flown <laughs> yeah. I initially just wanted to do a season and here I am about to go into it'll be 8 years in October so okay, <laughs> one wow. season went by quite quickly <laughs> Yeah that was right after university right is that when yeah. you got into it okay yeah, exactly. And um, I literally wrote my final exam from uni, and I was on a plane within two days. Oh, wow. So they had to mail me my graduation certificate. I didn't even go to the ceremony. I was already on a boat. So,
0: okay, knew what you wanted yeah. and went for it. That's awesome.
1: Very, very determined, yeah. 15-year-old, <laughs> let me tell you. Um, and yeah, I've been the chief student now um, for about three and a half, four years. And I really just, I felt like there wasn't a lot... Of assistance and guidance and training in the industry for first time Chief Stews. That's kind of where a lot of it started. Um, as I first stepped up, I was kind of just given handover notes. Um, I replaced someone that was on holiday, so when I, I came back to the boat, um, she wasn't there. So there just wasn't a huge amount of guidance for me. And um, granted, I'd had great Chief Stews in the past, but I just thought, wouldn't it be great if there was somewhere where we just felt like it was a safe place to ask questions that you know, you might feel are silly, but we've all asked them before. Or, you know, if we just had this sense of community where even if you are in a smaller boat and there's maybe one or two girls, you don't feel alone because you've got thousands that have got your back because we're all in it together. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was kind of part of it. Another part of it was I was honestly a little bored. Um, The boat I was on, we were going into really quiet winter season and I'd always done dual season. So I was kind of twiddling my thumbs a little bit. And um, yeah, I just needed a little bit more drive and passion about what I was doing so I just decided why the heck not did the do and I think for the first six months I didn't even share my name because I just wanted to be this anonymous account that shared tips and then I just kind of thought well that's a bit strange because people don't even know who the girl is behind this so eventually it was like oh I'm Gemma hello <laughs> and <laughs> yeah um, kind of
0: bearing yourself a little bit too though right because yeah. you're kind of intimate with these people now too so it's bearing Definitely. your soul
1: and I, I, I'm always struggling a little bit with finding that balance between, you know, girls will ask for all my daily, weekly, monthly checklists, my charter rotations, which is stuff that I've worked on for years and years and I take on, with a, on a boat with me, you know, that's part of kind of hiring me as I bring everything with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's finding that balance of how much do you share and how much do you bear your soul if a job isn't working out and you're leaving? How much do you, you know, share about that? And obviously finding that balance of, I'm employed and I've signed non-disclosures, so there's only so much we can actually share. Right. So I I had to really make it very focused on the job role as opposed to my day-to-day, if that makes sense.
0: Definitely, yeah. And I think it's a hard thing for people to understand, I think, who aren't in the industry, because especially if you grow up – you know, I grew up in Canada sailing and just sailing on the, the lakes and the rivers and things around here. So everyone's so open and willing to share, right? And then I entered the super yacht industry as a journalist. And all of a sudden, you couldn't talk about anything. And people were scared to do interviews because they like you signed NDAs or something. So even like a no name, you couldn't always write about. And I remember thinking like, I thought it was this thing that everyone's really passionate about and loves to talk about, but then, yeah, it's, it's scaled, right? It's on a much bigger. Absolutely. Yeah. So you have a lot more things in common now that can't be shared with everyone else. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting for those on the outside that think, okay, this is all just common knowledge now, but you're right. You have to keep a little bit of that guarded and and close to your chest. But, um, You mentioned the dual seasons. Do you still do that? Like have you gone back to that? Or do you like to keep your I know this winter was a little bit different because you got married. Congrats. So you were on a honeymoon. Yeah. (laughs) You're doing some amazing traveling. So will you go back to the dual season or do you think that's kind of done for you?
1: Um, my most recent boat was dual season and I'm looking now for my next position and most of them are all dual season. Okay. Um yeah, I, I quite honestly I like to be busy. Um I mean, I run the yacht stew, and I try and do at least one blog a week, if possible, usually when I have guests on, so if I take a break, I'll spend my two hours typing and doing all that. so I'm not one that likes to sit around yeah <laughs> um, and I don't know, I just think I learn a lot more um when I'm consistently busy and I'm pushed creatively and yeah, I, I quite like dual season. I mean, I've never done a winter in the med, that would be quite delightful, okay. but uh I think, yeah. Dual season, that's probably in the cards for me, if I'm being honest.
0: Yeah. And uh, if we can mention it, um, your husband's also in yachting. Do you guys ever try to get roles together or?
1: Yeah. So we we met just about six years ago and we've been working on the same boats together for about five and a half years now. The first season we worked apart, um, but he's actually on a different boat now and um, I'm going kind of on my own way. The reason being, I think... To the outside world, you know, or even to people in yachting who maybe aren't in, aren't in a couple, it looks amazing, you know you fall in love, you work together, yeah, it's great, but you're always going to have one of you compromise. you know my husband's compromised in the past with positions or going on a size of a boat because you know he knew that I wanted the chief stew role, and he could do that job, but it wasn't you know the right. standard where he should have been so yeah, I think we're just kind of at that point where it's not fair to ask each other to compromise. We've been in the industry for so long now that it's time to kind of go after those dream jobs. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's funny. From the outside, it looks so perfect. And I, I adore working with him. I, I think it's definitely made me a better chief stew. But it's just one of those things, isn't it? You have to learn to compromise and part and parcel of the industry.
0: Yeah. And it's so like pressurized too in a way right because obviously a lot of couples these days are compromising somehow somebody gets a job somewhere else or somebody needs to be home when the other one's out and um but on a boat it's just that much more relevant and you're but even then your schedules and I was I had um actually we had uh Sam Mujica on who I saw was on your Instagram and you did a little thing mm. with her. Um, yeah,
1: she's fabulous. Yeah,
0: she was amazing. So thank you. I get recommendations now <laughs> through your account. But um, she's also on with her partner. And, you know, we were kind of discussing that. Like, it, it's really full on. You do sleep in different quarters. So it's not like you are spending a lot of time because there are also other couples who be not as comfortable working and being together all day um but you're also not going home to your own house together at night so you also have your own space I guess so maybe that's kind of a nice aspect and you can still you know if you're you're obviously in different positions too so you're kind of with the stews and one thing doing your own thing throughout the day and you pass each other maybe but it's not like you're sitting across from a desk nine to five looking at each other and then doing (laughs) the same thing at home over dinner which can't always be good yeah to some no, and
1: I think as a couple, too, it's important to have those boundaries, you know, like he's on deck. And quite often, I don't know what's going on on deck. And I like it that way. Because that's, you know, that's their business. This is mine. And once couples start intertwining, like drama and gossip, that's when it goes downhill. Yes. So, yeah. yeah, it's definitely important to keep that separation. Yeah. And it sounds like you, um,
0: you kind of are very aware of how you act best and when you're in your best life, basically. So how do you remain fresh during that charter season? Like if you're in a back to back summer and winter season is your blog now, it sounds like it's kind of cathartic for you too. like, do you use that or do you find it's piling on now? So you're busy, even though you work really well when you're busy, is that still an escape for you? And that's how you can spend some of your downtime or do you have other things that you do just sort of remain fresh mentally and physically? Cause it's very demanding.
1: Mm, it is definitely a challenge. Um, It's kind of tricky. I think for me, the yacht's due for a long time has been, um, this sense of inspiration for me and creativity. It was just that creative outlet and it still is. Um, although as it's growing, (laughs) um, it is, it does get a little trickier. Um, you know, I know going into a busy season on a brand new boat, I'm not going to be able to be as committed to it as, you know, as one would hope. So, you know, a lot of pre-planning has gone in now. Um, With just being on honeymoon, my poor husband, I've spent every day writing and I've got blog posts ready for the next couple of months just to make sure I'm still providing what I can to everybody, but also focusing on my job. And um, I don't necessarily love the politics behind um, the blog. Sometimes, you know, people, if they send me a message, if we're not friends, it will go to a secondary inbox on Instagram, which I don't always remember to check. So if I don't reply within a couple of days, I sometimes get nasty messages But honestly, I think at the end of the day, the girls that are really part of the community that I've tried to build and that are supportive of one another, if I'm not there, they still, the comments are girls helping each other or reaching out to one another. So I feel like I've kind of just facilitated the start of something, but they certainly don't need me there every day to be assisting one another, which is awesome. Yeah. And I mean, all that
0: prep work that you've put in, um, that's incredible that you have that like much content how do you find inspiration for your content like is it because i know there's obviously a lot that you have to cover when you're on board and parts of your job but is it also part of that community like people will ask you a question and you think oh wait hang on this would make a really great blog post like enough people are asking this question that it kind of needs to be addressed
1: um, yeah, I think a bit of both. I mean, I was on the plane the other day, and I just was like, okay, it's a two-hour plane, I'm going to write out some blog post ideas, and I I'd kind of rough draft, written out the bullet points of 32 blog posts, wow. and sometimes it just hits me and I can run, and other days I feel like, oh, I just don't know what people want to see, and then I'll post and say, you know, what would you guys like to hear about, or who can I talk to, and I'm I'm super open that I don't know everything, and I don't think anyone can admit to, so... Someone asked um, I think it was last summer now about wine, and that's just not my forte. I am learning, and it's a, a process for me because i don't actually really drink, so I'll, you know I'll have the occasional cocktail, but um, yeah i don't really drink so for me i 've never been around wine um, okay. except when serving guests. I know what to do when I serve, but outside of that, my knowledge is quite limited. so I brought in a stewardess that's a sommelier, and I cannot talk about her enough she's incredible, and she did this four part wine series so for me, it's just a matter of, you know, if girls have questions, that I don't know. I'm like, awesome. I'm so glad you asked that because I don't know myself. So let's learn together. I'm going to find someone that can teach me and we'll teach, you know, all of you guys. So I definitely, my goal and my focus is for it to just be this um, kind of collaborative effort of stewardesses from around the world who know that they have a voice, who can share that, and who feel like they're heard. If they have a question, we're going to answer it and we're going to do what we can to help you. Yeah, I and, think sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, whenever I say we, because people often ask me, is there other people that run this account? No, it's just me. But yes. I always say we, because I feel like there's so many more people involved in it than just myself. Um, I'm just the one that kind of facilitates the community, if that makes sense. There's so many other people involved, I, I can't even count. <laughs> yes. i very lucky. Yes. Yeah. Um,
0: but I think it's such a service, because I mean, in this industry alone, it's, it is still very male dominated. And I think certain, especially the younger girls, if you're saying, you know, as as you guys call them, like a green stew coming in, it can be incredibly intimidating. And not only that, you might have girls who've been on boats for years together, and they've kind of got a good flow. And, you know, in general, girls can be sort of clicky sometimes. But also, Mm -hmm. we live in this world now where I feel like it's so much about inclusion. So I think, your blog and what you're doing is really helping to facilitate that and really put some people at ease and also just celebrate the women out there. And I think that's what we're trying to do a little bit too, which is why I was like, so thrilled you wanted to be on here because there are so many women in this industry. And I just think we're not, um, seen as much in a way. So things like this, it's amazing. Like, you know, you had a female sommelier on and years ago, that would have been like a 50 year old man or something that came in, you know? So it's just great (laughs) that we're, yeah. Taking it by the by the horns there and you're helping to to give a voice to everyone so I, I think it's fantastic
1: thank you um yeah I'm, you're welcome I'm very happy I'm very I'm very proud of kind of the girlies that have come together for this it, it's pretty awesome to watch
0: yeah and it's probably cool because you end up crossing paths sometimes right so do you end up meeting people who have discovered like you follow each other on Instagram and then
1: you're yeah. both in the
0: same place yeah
1: It was so wild. Like when we went to Southeast Asia just now for a few months, I literally met a girl in every country in Sri Lanka and Thailand and Singapore and Bali. That's follow me on Instagram really and it was just the wildest thing like meeting all these yacht stews and um they all were like oh it's Ben coming my husband okay. <laughs> <Ben> <laughs> he's already famous <laughs> yeah he got to come along for girls night but it was so cool it just you know we just started to chat as if we were old friends and I just thought how amazing is this because I've been on boats before where I was just crippled with loneliness even though I had 10 stews working with me yeah and I just thought how nice to feel like I'm a part of something yeah
0: and this like the world is so small too don't you feel Mm. like when you're in places like that and things like that happen
1: (laughs) I mean Sri Lanka of old places it's so random but it's brilliant
0: yeah it's awesome and while you're speaking about all these destinations like do you have a favorite or I assume you're always adding new ones to your bucket list but our listeners love to get recommendations for their next vacation so any top spots that you can share not not necessarily by yacht by land whatever you like
1: um I think my favorite place in the world is probably Provence in France, so much so that I, we even got married there last year. Um, yeah, it's just the French Riviera, I mean, is stunning from the water. The towns and cities are incredible. But if you do go inland, um, then you've got like chateauneuf de pape and all these incredible um, vineyards and wineries and antique towns and oh I just it's amazing
0: yeah Favorite and you can kind of go back and discover something you didn't even see before in such absolutely. a small area yeah yeah
1: yeah brilliant <laughs>
0: okay that's a good one and a good yachting one too so you can do a little Ooh. bit of both like you say
1: yeah absolutely yeah
0: and you're um I just want to touch on this because obviously we're we're Canadian here and you're from Vancouver yes. but you also have a UK background just for people guessing your accent right now it's quite uh quite unique it's I'm sure so you get weird. that a lot right <laughs>
1: Um, Yeah, my accent is so all over the show, I myself wish that it would sort itself out. Um, I was born in the Isle of Man, which is just off the coast of England in the UK, and I moved to Canada in 2002. I actually fully lost my accent in six weeks. I was fully Canadian, and then, because I've been on boats for seven years, working with Aussies and Sappers and my husband's English... I think because my accent changed when I was younger, now it just kind of picks things up and it's a little embarrassing sometimes. I just come out with these weird things, and I'm like, oh my word, what am I saying? But, okay, oh wow. Well. <laughs>
0: that makes you part of who you are though. I mean, I just laugh because I spent eight years in the UK and all my family thought I sounded so British, but to the Brits, they're like, wow, you have a really thick Canadian accent. I thought, wait, which side am I on? <laughs> which one That's is it? You know? Weird. Yeah. So anyway that's proof of how the world is still small I think and uh I love it yeah Yeah. especially in yachting like you say you're just with so many different backgrounds and I'm sure you're learning the slang of each different country and how they say things and their reflections so yeah it makes it for an interesting time um Mm -hmm. and with all of your years of experience what do you think um makes a yacht charter so special like when guests come on board because obviously you're on a lot of guest yachts not necessarily or charter yachts I should say not not just private but um is there one thing that you find guests are looking for when they come on board or what is it as a chief stew that you love being able to provide when somebody comes onto to a private yacht charter?
1: I think um, for me, it's always anticipating what the guest wants before they know they want it. And that um, it sounds like a strange concept. And someone said that to me when I started yachting and it really took a few years for me to kind of figure that out. Um, you know, whether it's at dinner and you overhear a guest say, oh, three weeks ago in Saint-Tropez, I had this cocktail. They don't mention it to me. They'll just be talking about it amongst the guests. And, um, you know, the next day we'll have everything ready and the cocktail of the day will be that specific cocktail. And they're like, they don't even kind of comprehend that you were perhaps listening and you would have had that. And, um, yeah, I just think it's those small details of ensuring that every single luxury need is met Um, and... Yeah, not having anything overseen and really just taking pride in our work to ensure that they walk away with the most impeccable, incredible memories and holidays and just second to none. You know, our goal is to always bring them that one holiday that they will remember for the rest of their lives. And if they come back the next year, then we're going to do even better. Um, So, yeah, I think a lot of people forget that for us, this is our profession and this is our job and our passion. You couldn't be in yachting, you know, for seven, eight years without loving it. So I think a lot of people will be surprised when they, if they do their first charter of just the attention to detail and the care put in by the crew, because they do genuinely care to ensure that that, that guest has the best time.
0: Yeah. I find it very unique. I mean, even, you can compare it to like luxury resorts or high-end villas or something like that. And you, and you will get a certain level of service. But what I keep finding from different members of crew that I speak to is they really believe in that pride of workspace and being able to prove how high quality um, a service they can offer. And it's just, I think it's amazing because sure you're going to get some bad experiences here and there, What you know, human nature, everyone can't be 110% all the time, but, I would say it's overwhelmingly the majority that have that similar viewpoint. Like you say, you know, they want to provide that level of service and make guests leave with such a feeling. And you don't get that in a lot of other industries, you know, that people feel that big drive um, to do their job so well and with so much pride, I think.
1: Absolutely. And I think what's great about yachting for the most part, obviously it's, it's not the same all around, but, I think if you don't have that passion and that drive and that attitude of I'm going to do absolutely everything I can to make this the best week possible for that guest, then you won't last long in this industry because it is, it can be quite cutthroat sometimes because the competition of crew coming in is so, so intense. Yeah. So I think for us that's great because I know that if I'm going to be hiring a girl that's got three years experience, that for those three years she has absolutely nailed it on her boat and we're going to be getting someone that brings – this you know pylora of experience
0: yeah and do you again feel free to to decline to answer this one but as somebody who is in charge of hiring would you be less inclined to hire a very green stew or would it depend on the yacht you're on and what they're like the owner or the managers are looking for or does it just you know you have a feeling when you do the interviews
1: yeah, I mean, it, it's so, so dependent on the needs of the boat, how soon we've got guest trips, the time for training, if we have a junior stew position open, um, and so on and so forth. I am quite passionate about kind of taking on more green stews. I think we all started somewhere and so frequently, um, you know, whether it's because they don't have time to train or because the captain says, no, a lot of boats won't take on green stews. So I, um, I was lucky enough, I took on two green stews last med season. And I believe I took one the season prior. So I do try and take them on when possible. Um, It certainly is a lot more work for us because they are starting from scratch. But for all you know, if you're hiring a girl with a year experience, if she's been on a smaller boat maybe by herself or if she's been with someone else and she hasn't been trained maybe to what you're expecting or she's been trained to the standards of another chief stew, sometimes it is easier just to start from the beginning and show them exactly how you want it. So there's definitely that upside. Um, Yeah. I always try and fight the corner of the greenies because we've all got to start somewhere. Yeah,
0: that's fair <laughs> so, you know, and very someone nice. Someone took a chance yeah.
1: on me. So. Yeah, true. Yeah.
0: Um, and speaking of someone took a chance on you and look where you are now, uh, where can people find you? So we want to know your Instagram, your website. They, I'm sure they're going to go check you out after this.
1: Oh, awesome. Um, so my blog is theyachtstew.com. And on there is everything from cocktail recipes to how to do silver service um, to inventory lists and everything kind of in between. And then I'm also on Facebook and Instagram at The Yachts Jew.
0: Okay, amazing. Thank you so much, Gemma. I know you're flying all over right now and you've been incredibly busy. I'm so glad you pinned down a little bit of time with us today. So thank you so much.
1: Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks for tuning in to See the World Differently. Until next time, keep daydreaming.